shy. I mean, the shyest person in the world. I was so painfully, painfully shy. Wow. And you can overcome that just by what you said, putting yourself into the positions of fear that forces you to start to work on breaking down what is the underlying reason for your fear. What's the underlying reason? Because my personality has always been inside of me. I just didn't know how to get through my own barriers to show that to the world. Welcome back to the Gap Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and we just got done with a fire interview with Dr. Ali Jaffrey. You guys, you're going to be obsessed, okay? It's 1030 at night. We just got done with this interview. I'm usually in bed under the covers at this time. I am so jazzed, so lit up, so inspired. He is just the coolest human I think I've ever talked to. He's a traveler himself, a healthcare traveler, but he's also a world traveler. He has traveled to seven continents. He shares all about his travels, his budgeting tips, his planning tips. He his... even at one point, like I was like, is this a podcast or travel church? Oh like gosh. he was dropping firebombs that I was literally tearing up, like felt so, ins- I wanted to run through a wall, which is all the time when I hang out with Ali, what I, happens? No, I know. I was just like, like hooked. I was just like, I, I didn't even think I was interviewing. Like I wasn't even on a podcast. Yeah. I was just like learning so much and just like in a conversation with somebody who I'm so in inspired by and he just brought like all that travel juice back into my veins I feel like it's flowing again he got me excited and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode because I think it's really gonna put a fire under your ass and excite you oh he talks about debts and budgeting and like oh my there's layers and and layers and layers he let Kim have it about having a plan oh (laughs) yeah he schooled me let me tell you okay and he dropped some bombs that we didn't even know about like we're making we're like breaking records here I know so anyways enough talking let's get into this episode y'all are gonna love it um let's do it let's do it Before we dive into the episode, we realized that last week we did not do one of our listener reviews, which we really love to do. And we were like, ah, oh, we have to do one this week. So we picked another one. We absolutely love this one. Um, the title of the review was Best Podcast Ever. Excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, and it's from Summer Freitag. And she writes, I'm in school for sonography. And you guys have given me so much useful info while not being boring, laugh out loud. I hope to travel once I graduate, so it's been really helpful listening to this podcast ahead of time. Love you guys. And love we you, Summer. love you. So thank you for that review. These reviews mean so much to us. We love reading them. Yeah, and so we just ask again if you guys would take a few minutes. This is a community-powered show, and we love hearing from you guys. And so if you would take a few minutes and leave us a review, rate the podcast, connect with us, let us know your feedback, let us know what you'd love to hear more of, you know, what you like, what you love. Don't let us know what you don't like because you don't hear <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, it means a lot to us. It supports us in the show, and uh, we'll read it out and give you a shout-out. Because we're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get All into right, let's, let's, let's get it. into the show. Let's get into it. We are recording. Here we go. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. We are so excited. I got my man, Dr. Ollie Jaffrey, on here. We have already been talking. He's already pumped me up, just like we said in the intro. Um, you guys are gonna absolutely love this episode. He sprung some news on us that was a little baffling that um, we are super excited about. So we will we will just get started and let him introduce uh, himself to you guys and um, take it away. Take it away. Oh. Thank you for listening, everyone. My name is Ali Jaffrey, doctor of physical therapy for the past 18 years, and I've been a healthcare traveler for the past six years, during which time I've been to all seven continents and encompassing over 40 countries. And I do have a confession to make. I'm technically not a traveler, a healthcare traveler anymore. I took a full-time job recently with Kaiser here in San Diego because I'm getting married next month. Yeah. <laughs> that was the news. Yeah. We just learned that all this. News. Yeah, all this travel has led me to 
finally meet this wonderful, fantastic, brilliant, kind-hearted, lovable woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And because of that, I took a little bit of a hiatus from the travel lifestyle to be able to plan out the wedding and make some moves from there. But I still have my foot in the door for travel PT because I don't think we'll stay in San Diego long term just because of how expensive it is here. So I still have my feelers out there for possible travel destinations in the future. God. And how long did you travel for? How many years? Six years. Six years. Gosh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's I'm just like so excited for you. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. My life is, life is a beautiful thing. But, but I think it's really crazy because you said it. Um, that was something that, you know, we obviously know that you're a big traveler. Uh, we've called you, you know, a couple times to, to pick your brain on certain things. Um, but when you said it in the intro about you've been to all seven continents, that was, uh, we were going to ask you, like, how many continents have you been to? So that's pretty freaking impressive. Mind-blowing. Yeah, mind-blowing. <laughs> I can't believe you've been to Antarctica. I know. I've been to Antarctica. Even with all this travel, I feel like I've, I feel like I've just barely, barely touching the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the possibilities out there. Even if you've touched foot on all seven continents, you still feel like there's so much more to go. If you see, if you go to a country, you go to a continent, you go to a destination, it just opens up Pandora's box to so many more possibilities, even within that part of the world or that country. There's so much to see and do, and you you can't see and do it all. You just try to do the best you can while you're there. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where the more you travel, the more you realize that you want, there's so many other places that you want to go and that you haven't, you've just like grazed the surface. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the more you see, the more you want to see, the more you want to experience. So is your fiance, I know she's not a healthcare traveler, but is she a traveler at heart? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a challenge for me always because of my lifestyle and you know you guys can relate this and a lot of your listeners can relate our lifestyle lends itself to always looking ahead at the next big thing the next big travel contract where can i go somewhere in california somewhere in alaska and then in between contracts how much time do i take off to travel someplace new and exciting halfway around the world so that that when you when you compare it to that that's not the typical mold for americans we don't travel that way Mm-hmm. So that's something that's a conversation that Megan and I have had a lot of is, is bridging that gap between taking these one to two week trips versus me being so used to taking these open ended long trips. So I'm looking forward to being able to travel with uh, someone like her who's worldly, well educated, brilliant, and is easy to get along with wherever she goes. And I think she's going to really fit in really well with that. Wow. Okay. I just want to jump ahead a second because yeah. you have mostly been traveling solo for yeah. the last years. So is this going to be one of the first times that you're going to be traveling with your significant other? Like a, like a couple? That, hopefully that's not a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to make, I don't want the, uh, the audience to feel like I'm just this, uh, you know, this this loner, this um, hopeless romantic out there. But yeah, you know, I started off traveling with large groups of people. You know, my college friends were like, they still are, they're like family. And we would travel together every year to a couple of different, different destinations. And it was always a big group. It'd be at the smallest four or five people, at most maybe a dozen people. So I'm used to traveling with much bigger groups of people. And then eventually I wanted to do travel on my own even in my 20s like I I wanted to finish school and go travel the world and I didn't have the opportunity opportunity to do that in my 20s and so when my 30s came I'll be 41 pretty soon so once I once I got into my 30s I yeah I know everyone thinks I'm so much younger because of the energy and yeah healthy lifestyle so I look a lot younger and I act a lot younger but I am (laughs) I'm an old I'm an old man in this game well, I, awesome. I just turned 38, so you're an you're in inspiration to me. You guys just, are in the keep, same box. Yeah, we're in the same box. Now I check the, what is it, 38 to 45? So you and I are... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron, you're a young buck. Come on. <laughs> I try to keep up with you, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, so I, I, I wanted to, I still wanted to do that trip. Yeah? No, I was just going to say, like, that's why we were so excited to interview you, because... 
you, I, I didn't know you had gone to all seven continents, but you are such a, a huge traveler. Like, I feel like every time I see you before COVID, you are on some kind of amazing trip. You're doing Facebook lives. You're sharing all your cool <laughs> pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, now he's in Africa. Now he's here. Now he's there. And you are just like such a free spirit. And it's so inspiring that we're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, it inspires us to want to take the time off and to go out and see the world and to do all the cool things. Well, at- well not only that, that was one of the big things for, you know, we've recently changed the name of this podcast to Gap Travel Podcast because, you know, just long-term travel in general just opens up so much inspiration. And like you said, it's like Pandora's box and you're always wanting to like try something new. But I also do feel that, you know, there's a type of person that that kind of fits into that. And then there's a lot of people that really want to, but they need that inspiration. And so that's why we're excited about getting you on here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's great about this podcast and the direction that you're going into, because there's such a desire out there for people to expand their horizons. But there's always those barriers that we place on ourselves, all these fears Mm -hmm. and trepidations that are inherently created by our own minds these are artificial barriers that we placed on ourselves mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. easy to travel it is safe to travel there is so much opportunity to travel minus the pandemic that opened up opened up your your heart to the idea of exploring something beyond what you think you're capable of a hundred percent absolutely and you're so you're obviously a very seasoned traveler at this point yeah. but Taking it all the way back, like when was the first time that you were like, well, you said you were traveling with your buddies from college, but that first time you were like, I'm going to take not a two week vacation to Hawaii. Like I'm going to take a significant amount of time off, travel the world, have an adventure. Like what was that first experience like for you? Like what triggered that? What was the why? And how did you like even begin planning that? You know, like those first moments of like, wow, I'm going to take this big trip. You know, I, I always had this strong desire. It was almost overwhelming, this desire for adventure and travel. And mm-hmm. as a kid, we never, we never had a family vacation. We were too poor and the family, our family was so big. I'm the oldest of five kids that it was just, some, at some points, it was just unrealistic to really go on a big family vacation. So that just instilled in me an even greater desire to travel. And so once I got into my early 30s, a lot of my friends got married. They started having their first children. And it really hit me down. It's like, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? You know, that, that old adage of, you know, if you keep putting something off till tomorrow, I mean, when, do you, when are you ever going to get to it? You're right. never going to get to it. And I said, well, why can't I do this? This is something that people do when they're younger, but why can't you do this in your 30s? Why can't you just quit your job of 12 years and, and go travel and, and experience something that's outside the realm of what you think people expect of you and what you sometimes even think you can expect for yourself? So that, that was really the impetus behind going out there and seeing the world. So I took, I quit my job and did a six month trip around South America and I went to Antarctica on that trip. And that was my first trip six years ago. And that kind of is what propelled me into healthcare travel because I was also very hesitant and went back and forth about even becoming a healthcare traveler in my twenties. I wanted to, but never actually went for it. And going on this trip propelled me into this realm of, I can do anything. I can handle anything. I don't have to be afraid and revert back to my cozy little blankie of my 12-year job and my, my you know, stable home life and my creature comfort. That, that you, can, you can handle anything as long as you're open-minded and open-hearted about it. I absolutely love that. That's what I was going to follow up and ask. So basically, you decided that you wanted to travel, but then you went on that long trip, and that's when you got into healthcare traveling? Or did you know yeah. you were going to get into healthcare traveling before you took that six-month trip? No, you know, I, it was in the back of my mind. It was always there t- to go ahead and do that. Once I went on that trip, and as the trip started coming closer to the end, I had to start thinking, what do I do? The job I worked at wanted me to come back after my trip, and they, make it, they made it very open-ended that I could return when I came back. And, but as the trip winded down, I was like, do I really want to go back there? I'm so motivated and like inspired by my by my my experiences i wanted to have more chances for personal growth and more opportunities for growth and i felt like if i went back to my same same lifestyle that i might end up reverting back and taking steps backwards so to keep taking steps forward i started looking into healthcare travel so i went back to that job worked there for only a few weeks and then 
I booked it across country and moved to Seattle for a year. Wow. wow. And that's where my, my, my travel journey, healthcare travel journey started. I was there for 10 months and then I started making my way south into different parts of California. Okay. okay so do you think like the, I'm trying to say like almost like the chicken or the egg here with travel healthcare, um, being that, you know, we always talk about being a healthcare traveler is honestly, we are so lucky as an industry to be able to work when we want, plan around that, live life with freedom. And did you know all of that was possible and that's why you went into healthcare traveling or was that something you even figured out as you um, started going down the road of the years of healthcare traveling? Yeah, you know, I, I had a couple of friends from college that went into healthcare traveling a few years before I did. And that's, that was really helpful to hear their experiences. And then also just like you guys, you know, you start talking to other people that are involved in healthcare travel. You start to hear some of the ins and outs of what that industry is like. And the fact that I can get paid a lot more money, I can take time off in between contracts for however long I want. That's, that's like so many win-wins there. Yeah. I'm surprised that more people don't. I mean, unless, <laughs> unless you like really, you know, unless you're, I don't know, unless you're married with five kids, but even then I think you can still, you can still swing it. Yeah. I think a lot of people still don't even really know it's, it's an option that it's, it's there because I mean, we were working for five years and we didn't know any travelers and I didn't even know it was a thing. And so when I found out about it, I was like, holy shit. Like, how have I not known about this? Like sell the house, quit your jobs, off we go. But even talking to people in hospitals and like we've gone to colleges and, and have talked to students in radiology programs and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was a thing. Y'all have like changed my life. Or not only known that it was a thing, they just, a lot of people, when you really, you hear about it, it almost seems like a pipe dream, like a, you know, like something that, you know, like a myth that everybody talks about and then you don't really know it's possible for you. And once you really grab that of like, it's not only possible, it is extremely exactly as everybody says it is yeah. not saying it's all rainbows and butterflies. There's a lot of, you know, ups and downs that go with it, but the sure. benefits are there for the taking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question about your, that six month travel, the first yeah. one, South America, Antarctica, because that was your first big stint away. And yeah you know, traveling is amazing and it's so inspiring and it's full of adventures and all kinds of just incredible experiences, but it's also not rainbows and butterflies all the time. It can be no. overwhelming and stressful and confusing, especially as a first timer, because you haven't, you, you, you got to find your flow, right? You learn from your right. experiences and the mistakes that you make. And so that first time being out there on the road for a long period of time, like, A, was it what you thought it was going to be? <laughs> and, you know, what kind of, what did you learn from that as far as, you know, like the mistakes that you were making and just the overall kind of trials and tribulations that you were experiencing as a first time long-term traveler? Yeah, you know, it's, it's true. You, you, you come back with it with so many positive amazing experiences and so those become so so memorable that it shadows some of the trials and tribulations along the way i mean you, you're going to get caught out in the rain you're going to you're going to be trying to drag your your luggage through a cobblestone streets there's going to be that a little pitfalls here and there but they pale they truly truly pale in comparison to all the positives and mm -hmm. the challenges that come along the way are just additional stepping stones and building blocks to building yourself up and so that's, that's the way I, I've always looked at it. Yeah. And going into that first trip, you know, one of the things that I tell a lot of other travelers is to do not over plan. I just do not. We, we can obsess over every little detail and over plan everything. And going into that trip, I spent a year in my free time, like just being so obsessed with like looking up other people's blogs about what they do when they travel and places to go and things to see. And to the point where my first uh, the first country I went to was Colombia. I had the first three weeks like completely planned out. I had a calendar. I had what cities and places I was going to be in and what, what I was going to try to do each of those days. Within the first two days of that trip, all those plans went by the wayside because you, 
you find out about another place to go to. So you make a detour there or you want to stay where you are for an, for an extra day. So I tell people, just keep yourself open-ended. Try not to plan ahead. You have enough free time to plan things as you go. That'll save you actually, it, it may sound more stressful to some people, but it actually will be a lot less stressful because you'll be a lot more flexible. You can literally, I'll, I'll end up in a country I didn't plan on going to because, oh, that looks like a cool country to go to. Oh, there's a cheap flight that leaves tomorrow. I'm there. You can just go. Versus uh-huh. you're locked into like having booked six months worth of flights so you have to be going to this country, to this country, to that country in a very rigid way. This, if you're traveling for a long period of time, keep it open-ended so you can explore what you want to explore as it comes because there's no amount of research that's going to equate to you putting your feet on the ground, touching the earth in that place and seeing how that feels to you. I love that you brought that up. I know. I, that was something I was going to talk to you about. Uh, if you were a planner, how you went about planning your trips, because I'm such a planner and it's something I'm really... I was too. Me too beforehand. Oh, um, okay. Do you think that you've become more relaxed and more go with the flow and more open and, and less of a planner set the more you've traveled? That's something you've just like evolved into the Absolutely. more you did it. Yeah, I've embraced spontaneity and freedom because it is freeing to not be tied to a calendar, to I have to be here at this hour. It's, it's a liberating, freeing experience, and it, make, it does make your trip. I know it sounds con- counterintuitive, but it does make your trip better. Yeah. You have the ability to just be open-ended. I know that's, that's tough. And even for me, if I look back before all this, I would have said, hell no, just, I got to have a plan. Yeah. But, <laughs> You can make, you make the plans kind of as you go. You know, you just, just plan it, plan things as you go. You're going to be on buses and planes and, you know, trains. You're going to be on boats. You're going to be in so many forms of transportation that you have a lot of free time to plan your next couple steps. Talk to people around you and see what they, they might be coming from where you're going to. They might be coming from a place that you didn't even think of going to. That might be an easy detour on the way of where you're going. You might hear of something that might be, so up your alley that you didn't even think of that you have to do and you're going to regret having booked a uh, uh, something two weeks from now so that derails you from going to do that so you got to yeah. pick and choose how you do that but th- that's a better way to go in my opinion because it gives you so much freedom yeah and that's something and, and not just just listening to you i just feel inspired because it's like that's something I'm trying to work on for myself is a recovering type A planner and I like a game plan. And so really trying to lean more into being flexible, more into being open, go with the flow because it is, it's always the people that you meet that are like, Hey, have you heard of like in Sedona? We are, we, what we did this mm-hmm. crazy hike in Sedona and we ended up sitting down to have, you know, a little lunch and ended up talking to this couple and we were planning on leaving the next day. And they're like, you guys got to go check out this hike. It's a local spot. Not a lot of people go there. It's a hole or not like, I guess like a water hole that uh-huh. you hike up to and you jump off the red rocks in the middle of the canyon. It's absolutely beautiful. You guys should go. Into some crystal blue water. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was insane. And we're like, you know, Aaron and I were planning, our plan was to pack up and leave the next day. And just from talking to them, we're like, wow, like, let's go, you know, let's get another night. Let's head down there, a place we never would have known about. And we had the best time. And it's always those experiences that end up being the ones that you look back on. You're like, wow, like that was amazing. Well, and we have plenty of stories of even traveling overseas where that has happened. And I think that's where you say you're a planner, but it's kind of funny because I'm not. And which is, it's <laughs> hilarious, like, because I do believe that you need some sort of a plan. Yeah. So like Kim knows, you know, if we want to go in this direction, so we could take a plane, a train, a bus, like you kind of like, she understands right. the area, but we also were planning a year of travel and Kim had one ticket booked for us to Mexico. Right. So it's not like yeah. she plans out all these different things, but she is a planner to where she knows when we land, we want to check out this, this, and this, and this, but still be open. So you say that you're like a big time planner, but well, I think you... I will say, this is what I'm trying to do moving forward is the planning and kind of getting an overall idea of like, hey, these are some hikes that we want to do, or these are some restaurants we might want to check out, or some things that we would be interested in doing, and making a list and getting an idea, like a lay of the land. I just did this. We just got back from a week in Asheville, and so I was kind of using this as like a trial. Cool. 
so I, I, you know, researched and I had, you know, cool taco places and a place to, you know, get like some beer and some hikes. And so I had a list to go back to, but then I also kept it really open of like, how do you feel? What do you want to get into? Like, you know, who did we end up talking to in that kind of led in this direction, but having the, the tentative kind of plan yeah. and some ideas helped me feel more relaxed because I could always go back to that and be like, you know what, let's just go do this hike. This looked really cool. And then we'll grab a beer afterward, you know, whatever. Yeah. I like having an idea. I don't want to be blind, you know, just walking into a place. That's how I go about it. Really? Like I might not know where I'm going next week, but once I figure out where I'm going next week, I will do a lot of what you just described. You know, I just, I'll just get on, you know, I'll get on my phone and start looking at places to, to see and things to do there and make a list of, you know, whatever it might be really cool breweries that are in the area, restaurants that are in the area, sites to see, hikes to go on, little things that you might want to put into a notes on your phone, just so you have a little list of things that you can do there. And then we should have a framework of something. So, you know, mm-hmm. have a framework for sure, and then keep that framework with you, and then you kind of add to it and delete from it as you go. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I sounds like you have a good balance. Yeah, I've I've come a long way because I I agree, like, I don't like to be really rigid and I have been for so many years and like so um, committed to the plan and this and that and it's like really working on traveling has really helped me be more flexible of like, you know, what's the point of having everything booked out? Like you said, when, when mm-hmm. you meet somebody and you, you miss out on a cool experience because you have every hour of your day planned, it's like, that's not relaxing enough. I actually get more stressed. Yeah. Every, every day is like, every day is like <laughs> Christmas for me. I'm like, I just, I, just, <laughs> yes, yeah. I wake up and I'm like, what country are you in? Kim's like, We're in Columbia. Yeah. I have like a clip where I'm like, you know, uh, seven o'clock breakfast, eight 30, meet in the lounge for discussion <laughs> today's topics it's like everybody's so stressed out that sounds like a job Mm -hmm. yeah so definitely come a long way but I want to ask you because you're so social and friendly and you know do you have any tips for how like how you talk to people and start these conversations about hey like you know where should I go what should I see while I'm here like do you just approach people and just start asking them like hey what do I do while I'm here you know I met you guys at, at TravCon a couple of years ago and you've seen me. I, I didn't know anyone at TravCon for the most part when I came that first time around and then also last year, my second time around. Like, and you can see it's like the personality, if you have the right kind of you know, aura and energy and smile and just natural, genuine, authentic vibe about yourself, that's going to compel people to talk to you. Even if, even if you don't, like, even if you don't approach anyone, people who are afraid to travel and they're not going to meet anyone if they're traveling alone. And it's really the opposite you're going to be more likely to want to introduce yourself or talk to people around you. And also people are going to want to talk to you mm-hmm. and people will talk to you. So if you have that, you know, the right kind of just be open, friendly personality, it's going to really transcend any of your fears and inhibitions. Yeah. And I think it's a great life skill in general. You know, just ask a question, spark up a conversation, make a funny joke about something that they're looking at. You, you can just any, any of the above that just shows that you have a really good, you know, confident, friendly personality. And this is coming from someone who used to be super, super shy. And if I can develop those skills and learn those skills and, and uh, improve myself over the years of just a lot of work, anyone can do that. So and don't I, be afraid. I was going to say, for all of you that just heard um, Ollie say that, if you were in a room with this man, you would, man, never, know you would <laughs> never, ever know. know. You would never know. I mean, and it's not, and, and again, I, I just... You're not that like, you know, annoying cheerleader kind of like, you know, getting it, like this. It, it's not fake with you. And I think that's yeah, what I love exactly. about you the most. It's just genuine, so genuine, friendly, inviting, energetic. You just, you, you just attract people to your presence. And that's what, what I love about you so much. And just, yeah. you know, anytime that we've ever got to hang out, it's just always, I leave with a smile. I feel inspired. I want to like run through a wall. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> totally. I'll run, I'll run through the wall with you, but behind you, you're bigger and stronger than me. So I'm going to go behind you. <laughs> well, and I think too, like, you know, 
like you're obviously a, a, a friendly person. We're friendly people. And I think for people who might be a little bit more shy, like you said, you used to be shy, really using it as an opportunity to step out of your comfort zone, to push yourself to have that conversation, because then you do know that they want to have conversations too. They want to meet people. They want to spark up, you know, a friendship on the road. And so just taking that first step of just at, like, Hey, where are you from? Or, you know, do you know any good taco places around here? Just starting that conversation. I think it gets easier over time to the more you do it, the more natural it comes, mm-hmm. you know, for people yeah, exactly. who are more shy. Exactly. You know, and I mean, when yeah. I say shy, I mean the shyest person in the world. I was so painfully, painfully shy. Wow. And you can overcome that just by what you said, putting yourself into the positions of fear that forces you to start to work on breaking down what is the underlying reason for your fear what's the underlying reason because my personality has always been inside of me i just didn't know how to get through my own barriers to show that to the world and i just started breaking that down from high school to college to after college to traveling all of those steps were propelling me into a direction that i wanted to be in this being my true authentic self that not only i know it but the world can see it too and it's genuine and authentic it's not a not an act not a not for show it's not disingenuous and there's too many people that want to create a persona for themselves to show the public, especially in, in the social media world, mm-hmm. have this persona that they portray to people that isn't really necessarily who they are. And I think you, everyone would be a lot happier if you just embrace who you are and let that shine through because it's everyone has beauty inside of them. Let that shine through. Oh. Totally. And it's about like activating that true self, not, not finding who you are, but activating who you already are. But I, but right. I love that too. I love that too, that traveling itself, the minute you book that ticket, you are stepping out of your comfort zone. You are stepping out of what everybody in your little community knows you as. Mm. And yep. it is that free space to just recreate yourself let that personality that was always in there as you said so eloquently just come out and shine because there's no judgments nobody knows you from adam like you get to try to recreate and take those steps to the person that you know you can be love it absolutely i love that so i do want to say something oh go ahead sorry sorry (laughs) drink while you think uh but um, when you say that, um, oh, go hold ahead, on, sorry, I just okay. want. Do you think that traveling is what really helped you ignite and connect to who you really were by stepping out of your comfort zone? Do you think that was like a big catalyst for you? Yeah, you know, I would say there's, there's two. If I look back at, it, there's probably two turning points in my life, and one of them happened in college when I met like the so two, a couple of my closest friends, Mark and Clarice from college. They are just these fun-loving, genuinely good-hearted, family-oriented, amazing people. And they're really sociable, really outgoing. And those are my closest friends, you know? And I spent so much time with them that I really grew a lot where they didn't even realize that, but they inspired me so much, helped me come out of my shell so much in my college years. And then now you flash forward to many years later and I started doing a lot more travel. And that was another huge point of accelerated growth was putting myself out there and constantly having to adapt to change. So going from a place where being very rigid and set in my ways because I just had a nice little routine going versus always having change. And if you're going to go into healthcare travel, you have to embrace change and adaptability. And so those are, I think, the two turning points for my personality shining through is I had those, had those really close friends that helped me in ways they'll never even totally understand. And, and then going into travel where I had to, embrace change adaptability and and improve upon my ability to speak and communicate to the world yeah i love that i mean that's exactly what we talk about all the time and it's just such a beautiful thing to be almost in a way like almost forced in a way um through healthcare traveling but then the preparatory steps that that gives you to go and then travel the world i mean you're almost like in the you know, minor leagues of baseball, like you're ready to jump into the pros because of these attributes that you've actually acquired just by doing your day-to-day through healthcare traveling, which is awesome. Yeah. So we want to jump into, because like one of the biggest things that come up is 
obviously saving and budget and, you know, yeah. people, you know, you, you're saving up for a trip and longer term travel. We're not working clearly. So we're taking some time off. And so yeah. we kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit, but before that, I just wanted to ask you during your six years of being a healthcare traveler, what was your kind of, um, routine like as far as like would you take one contract and then schedule some time off or did you have a set amount of time off a year you knew you wanted to take off to travel or like what did that dynamic look like for you okay, yeah so again kim with that one it's also i had no plan if I, I would take a contract i mean kim you're looking for like okay five months here and then three months there <laughs> And, um, you know, I, I might go into it with that kind of in mind, like, you know, going, going to San Francisco. Oh, man, this is going to be great. My brother lives there, and it's like one of the best cities in the world. I'm going to love it there. I'll stay there for a long, long time. But then another contract comes up in some place that you weren't even aware of. Like, oh, that sounds interesting. I heard good things about that. So then you'll end up, you know, not renewing the contract that you're at and going somewhere else. So it's very, it's very dynamic, so it's a hard question to answer. But my answer to that would be is that, if I'm burnt, if I start to have that burning desire, and you guys know me, that burning desire comes up pretty quickly. If I have a burning desire that I want to take time off and travel someplace around the world on a long trip, I've done three long trips so far. And if I want to do that, I'll just start planning ahead as to when is the best time to go to that part of the world that I want to go to. So if I know I wanted, I did a nine month trip through Asia and parts of the Middle East and Africa, for instance, mm. I knew that for some of the things I want to do along the way, there's a definitely an optimal time to go. So if there's a definite country you want to go to and there's a definite time of year, that's the best time of year to go, start with that as your plan. Okay, so if it's best to go in this country in November, I'm going to plan my trip that I leave November, go there first, and then see where that road takes me. So then I can start playing ahead as to how long my contracts will be, how, if I do an extension, how long of an extension so that it ends in time for me to go on that trip. Mm, that's a good tip. That's a fantastic you know, that is, yeah. Just if you kind of know where you, you have an idea. I feel like we all kind of have an idea because sometimes the most overwhelming part is where do you want to go? When you can yeah, go anywhere in the go. world, you're like, where should we go first? You know, it's almost can be kind of paralyzing unless you're really yeah. drawn to a particular place, you know, and you know that you want to go like for us, our first big trip was Southeast Asia. And we yeah. knew that we wanted to go to Bali, we want to go to Thailand. And so that was like our focus. And then we kind of bounced around Southeast Asia from there. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes just figuring yeah. out where you want to go can be a little bit overwhelming, but when you do, then figure out the best time of year to go. Well, right. I mean, we came up with that idea late August. It was around my birthday of 2016. And in 2017, January, we were on a plane and gone. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, I think you said, this was a good time to go. Um, and so we just went and, and went from there. So I, I think that's a great tip mm -hmm. to get started. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what kind of traveler are you as far as like budget goes? So are you yeah. like, I'm going to crash in a dorm hostel room or are you going to stay at like the Hilton garden? Like, <laughs> are you a couch surfer? I love, I love this question. I mean, I love this question because I am absolutely a budget traveler mm -hmm. but the caveat is the way that we travel the way that we go and have open un, you know no plans and go open-ended i get so many great last minute deals that even though i travel as a budget traveler i'm doing a lot of the mid-level and fancy traveler activities experiences and excursions because i can just show up and make a deal i've gotten really good at negotiating in any country you just just watch me work. I, I, I'm, I, will, I will get myself onto a trip. <laughs> and if I don't, I'll, I'll find somebody else who will. Well, didn't that, happen, didn't that happen in Kilimanjaro? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I wanted to do Kilimanjaro. I was like, I'm going to do this trip. But when it came to planning, the, I, I went to, just for the audience knows, I went to Africa, Eastern Africa, uh, last summer for, I think it was a three-month trip. And... Uh, I wanted to do Kilimanjaro. That was kind of the impetus behind going to Eastern Africa. I was like, oh, I'm going to go do Kilimanjaro. And then when it came down to planning it, I just didn't want to carry all of that cold weather gear because Kilimanjaro is surprisingly cold. I've been to Antarctica and Kilimanjaro is the coldest place I've ever been to. I've spent two months wow. in Nepal hiking the Himalayas and I've never been more cold than I was on the summit push for 
Kilimanjaro. Like that is an unrelenting cold wind that just is persistent for hours all night long when you're making that summit push. But I didn't want to carry all that stuff with me. But then when I got to Tanzania, after I finished my Serengeti um, last minute tour, I went over to, I just wanted to do a little day hike on the foothills of Kilimanjaro. So I went to Kilimanjaro and once I saw the mountain, I was like, that, no, I'm doing this. And I made a deal that very day. On the day I arrived to that part of the country, I made a deal, last minute deal to jump on a, a trekking trip, a seven day trekking trip to go to the top. I mean, I didn't have any of the proper gear or anything, but the oh. good thing about being, you know, the type of travelers that we are is we can make that plan happen and being, you know, health conscious and being really, you know, conscientious about staying in shape. So even though I didn't train for Kilimanjaro leading up to that trip, I had, I, I didn't have any trouble at all. I was in such good shape that I was able to really blow through that mountain. Wow. Were you able to like rent gear and stuff for that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to I mean, know. I had some gear. Like, you know, it's easy to carry a down jacket. All travelers carry a down jacket. It weighs nothing. It, it, it works as a pillow. It keeps you warm. It does all those things. But I had, I had some, some gear with me that I could fix. I travel with just one backpack. That's it. If it doesn't fit in my back, it's not coming with me. Wow. So I, I love that. There. I love and it. Here's the, here's the thing. I also talked that travel, that travel company that I went with for Kilimanjaro. I even talked them into like renting like throwing in the rental gear at no extra cost to me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, 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 the trip is leaving in two days. Who's signing up? People sign up for months in advance, a yeah. year in advance for these trips. And if they got an open space because of a cancellation or, you know, they can take up to X number of people and they're missing a couple of people. I mean, what, what are they, you can talk them into almost anything because right. the profit margin is so large that if you talk them down to a comfortable amount for yourself, they're still making a profit and you're still going to, you know, tip the guides and everything properly. So, you know, everyone's going to be happy and you're going to be very happy because you're paying yeah. you know, prices everybody else. We're going to have to bring you back on the podcast and just do an episode about like tips on how we can negotiate these. Yeah. Sure, sure. Plans. <laughs> so I have some, I have some great stories on negotiating. Ooh, some great, okay, some great stories. That's also, that's a really good idea. I think too, like a lot of times we'll plan uh, guides and stuff in advance, like tours or things that we know we want yep. to do because you're nervous about, oh, but we'll get there and we won't be able to do it. And so you end up paying double, sometimes more the cost than just being on the ground and, and booking it the day of, Yeah. You know? That's well, the- and we've seen that in the Philippines yep. where we booked the tours to go scuba di- or uh, snorkeling and stuff. And then somebody was like, you should do tour D. That's actually like a nice yes. set. Oh, yes. And I'm like, you're talking about the Corona and El Nido, right? Yeah. 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 The, it's like Kraken. It is like <laughs> yeah. a sunset yeah. boost cruise thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, damn, but we already, we already booked C, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I love the Philippines. Uh, I mean, they, they uh, get you. There's so many different tours, and they're all like A, B, C, D to Z, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're okay, so when we're talking about obviously taking nine months off to travel through Africa and taking six months off to travel through South America, so your budget traveler, which just a side note, I honestly think budget being a budget traveler is really helpful to be able to enjoy the cultural experience, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. You're going to eat the street food. You're going to go to the local markets, the local restaurants, take local transportation. It's like we didn't go to Asia to stay at the Hilton and take, you know, a private, you know, jet somewhere. It's like we went to have that cultural experience. And so being on a budget, I think, really helps you be able to to indulge in that. Yeah, renting a scooter instead of hiring a driver. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want to immerse yourself in the places you go to because – you may never go back there again. And if you're there for hours, days, or weeks, you want to try to immerse yourself as much as you can. And it'll make you, your ability to relate to people from all over the world is going to improve. And you're going to realize that everywhere you go, people are super friendly, super nice, super helpful. And everyone wants to have fun. They want to laugh. They want to joke around. They want to show you their country they want to they want to like you know, there are sometimes people are just like glowingly want to show you their country and like have you have a good impression of their people 
And that's, that's an amazing thing that you don't necessarily get if you're just going to the fanciest places and it's, they're all owned by European or American entities. And right. so you're going to get a lot of that state. I mean, you could just, you could, you could be in Miami beach or you could be someplace in Africa. You wouldn't even know there's a difference because you're in right. that's all inclusive and you never left the resort. So what was right. the point of going to South Africa if you're going to do that? Just go to Miami. Exactly. It's like we travel will experience something different, you know? Right. And so I think that's a really good tip is like not looking at budget traveler as a negative thing, but really looking at it as a positive opportunity to experience this, your surroundings in a more local type of way. So, 100%. okay. So when it comes to budget, how like how do you, do you have a daily budget? Do you plan a budget? <laughs> oh God, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Or do you just bring it? Like, what do you do when it comes to funding your trip? Cause you know, so traveling I, I do have a budget and, and for me, it's, it's a, the budget. I always start off very conservative earlier in my trip. So if I'm doing a multi-month trip and most of the time I don't really have an end date in mind of my trip, like that nine month trip in, in Asia, it started off in my head being like, oh, this, this could be a good six month trip like my last trip. And because I was so under budget, it was so cheap. You guys have been to Southeast Asia, it's so yeah. cheap to travel there. It's so, I mean, flights are so cheap. Everything is so cheap. So I was so under budget. I, that's why I went for so much longer because I could go longer. So for me, budget, trying to stick to some type of budget, I try to be very conservative earlier on so that I know that I have enough funds to do more of the unexpected experiences that might come along the way like Kilimanjaro or so my trip can be longer than what it initially started off as because for me money is freedom you know money is a lot of things to a lot of people and for me money is freedom that's the longer I stick to my budget the better off I'm going to be because I don't have to work yeah I don't have to go back to work and I can travel for longer I can I can go on some of the experiences that I didn't even know would have been something I could have afforded because I came up with some last minute deal on something. And so I have the ability to do that. So that's why, you know, I, I, I always say like I'm a budget, budget traveler, but I do a lot of the fun things that I think a lot of people would probably deep down inside prefer to do along the way. I can still do both. I can put my hands into both doors because I can just show up to a beach destination and start off at one of the beach hotels and see if I can make a deal there. Nope. Okay. I go right next door. I mean, how many hotels are on a beach? You know, how many right. houses are on a beach? I just start, I never have to get more than two or three doors down before I find a place to stay right on the beach, all to myself, beautiful sunsets and paying you know, a fraction of the price that I would have paid if I booked it online in advance. It could have been three or four times as much and I'm getting it for half off, three quarters off because I showed up that afternoon. No one else is showing up that room was unbooked. So you just take it. Yeah, that was a, uh, we actually used that tip for the first time in Zanzibar and it was so free, Oh yeah. but it was so yeah. nerve wracking the first time you do it. Cause of course there's those fears that come up. Like what if, what if I don't get what I want and I don't get a room and I'm like, but it never happens. Right. Like we, never happens. <laughs> we walked two hotels down. There was this really nice one. We asked them what the room cost was. We talked them down. They weren't really going forward. We're like, okay, thank you. And we walked yep. next door and got an even nicer hotel for even exactly, yeah. than what we were negotiating. So then exactly. we felt so excited. Like, yeah. We're like, look at us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it always ends up working out. I just think, like we said, it, it takes a little bit more courage. Um, I well, think especially if you're traveling solo because, you know, you, you, you find peace in kind of knowing where you're going to go or you're going to yeah. Night, but just knowing that it, it always ends up working out and you're going to meet people along the way, you know, if you are, if you are leery of that, you know, the three of us are pretty seasoned travelers. So we're a lot more comfortable in knowing that we've had good experiences with techniques and strategies like this. But if you're not, what you can do is you can always look ahead. Like you're going to go someplace tomorrow. That's, and you can always look ahead and see what places have availability and then kind of just jot those down. So Worst case scenario, you just go to one of those places that you know has availability, even if it's, you know, maybe more expensive than you were hoping to pay. You always have a, you can always have a backup plan. Yeah. Now I, you're, I talking, now you're talking Kim's yeah. language. Yeah. yeah. And I, did, I did the same thing. I stay, I, I'll try to stay in hostels as much as I can because you get to meet a lot more people. You get the best travel stories, best travel advice staying in hostels. Now that's a fancy you go to the concierge at a fancy hotel and they're just going to pinpoint you into all the touristy traps. Yep. And if you go to a hostel, they're going to tell you all the cool things to do. So 
I like to go to those places and you can use, there's an app called Hostel World that is fantastic. So for all the listeners out there, get on Hostel World. It has reviews of every hostel. You put in the destination and the dates and it'll tell you, and you can literally, I just pick up, I just pick out the best hostels in a place I'm going to go to. And then I look and see if they, if they have a lot of availability and I'm going there the next day, I don't even bother booking. I just show up and, and the price is going to be cheaper when you show up versus booking it online. So there's going to be a little bit of a surcharge using the app. But if I want to really stay at a particular hostel because it's a nice hostel, highly rated, and if they're down to like availability for two people only, then, then book it in advance. And it's, I mean, again, it's a hostel. It's going to be super cheap, right. five bucks, seven bucks, 10 bucks. But if it's not, if it's, if it's got plenty of room, just show up the next day and just walk in and, and uh, book your stay when you're there. Well, one thing I love about hostels too is because I was kind of not against it, but I was like, oh, that's not really our vibe. And then we stayed in a couple of hostels and we just, we got our own room. And so we- Yes, got, they have their own rooms too, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like we're a couple, we like privacy, you know, whatever. I like to have my own bathroom because I'm in it every five minutes because I have a, a bladder of a 90-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but we were able to book our own private room. And so we got the privacy, but then we still had like the hostel vibe where we could- The common room. Yeah, the, talk yeah. to yeah. people. Yep. The people who work at hostels are like the best, like you said, the, the best. best people- to talk to, get advice from, get tips from. And I always find hostels are in great, like centrally located areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid of hostels. That's, that yeah, was a big lesson. It's us Americans who are afraid of hostels because it's really something part of our culture. So I, 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 people hear that and they're like, you stay in hostels? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, and it's also funny because of, of my age, you know, most of my travel has been in my mid the late thirties and I stay in these nostrils and no one, no one ever, people can tell I'm a little bit older, but no one can tell I'm as old as I am. Right. <laughs> That's kind of how we felt. Cause we're like, you know, in our 30, you think of hostels. Yeah. You think of like the 18 year olds, the 21 year olds, crazy partying. And we're like, we're at, up in the rooms. Yeah, yeah. Like we're 30 and we're grown and we feel kind of like out of place. But then you realize once you get into the culture of it, that there's people from all walks of life. All ages. All ages, all ages. too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's are there are like other partier hostels that will you can be able to find those out like on the app too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can literally figure out what's a, a chill vibe hostel versus one yeah. that's geared towards partying and beer pong all night. And so I try to I try to avoid those. Not that you know I don't like to have a good time. I'm a fun guy, but you know I don't want to do that all night long either. Right. Totally. Okay. Uh, one more question about the the budgeting. Do you have any tips for, so if you, you, I guess you said you don't know how long you're going to be going for, but, you know, saving up for it, do you save a certain amount and say, okay, cool, this is my budget and I'm going to go off until I can come back? Or like, how do you have tips for saving for your trips for people who are in a contract trying to save up for time off? Yeah. So my my strategy is, is, number one, do not have debt. Like, please just do not have debt. Get yourself out of debt. Like if you're trying to take this trip and you're just going to fund it with credit cards, don't do it. You are not in a position to do this the way you want to. So make sure you're not in debt. And being a healthcare traveler, the fact that we can make a a higher wage lends itself to being able to pay down your debts. Now, if you have a lot of school loan debt, that doesn't mean you, I don't, I don't necessarily say you can't travel if you have a lot of school loan debt, but if you have a lot of credit card debt and you're paying a high car, car loan, like get, get rid of those first. And then as healthcare travelers, so many of you, we've met so many healthcare travelers that had six figures in school loan debt that were able to pay it off mm-hmm. in a short period of time. We're talking like a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And so if you can, I mean, whittle down your debt so much more. So again, money is freedom. Now the money that you're making isn't going to someone else's pockets. Now you can put it back into your own pocket. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you want to do is make sure that you are saving, like make sure you're maximizing your ability to save, putting money into savings accounts putting money into other investments, real estate, whatever, making sure you're, if you have a 401k or IRA that you're maxing that out, make sure you're, you're setting yourself up for success. And then always put a little money aside all the time in the side account. That's going to be your travel fun account. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing travel fun account and not doing any of these other things, and then you're going to set yourself up for a lot of debt and heartache later on in life. So set yourself up for success and you can do it. Even if you're not a healthcare traveler, I mean, I did both did, did a lot of this before I became a healthcare traveler. I just knew what I wanted to do, and so I made sure I followed 
these strategies to stay debt free. You stay wow. debt free and then go from there. That, that'll give you the best chance of being able to go open ended and not be worried about, oh man, I got this huge credit card payment I got to make next month. I guess I need to go back to work. So much yeah. for that six month trip. You're coming back in a month. Right. I love that you brought that up. And I think that's such a great tip because, you know, having debt is so heavy and we carry debt for so many years. And yes, I remember listening to your podcast about that when your earlier podcast. Yeah. 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 We paid it off fully last year and it was just like this wave had been lifted where it's exactly what you said. It's just freedom. It's just like, you can work, you can work less. Like our, our bills are so low now. We have no debt. It's like, yeah. what do you want to do? How long do you want to travel for? You know, it's like the yeah. world is your oyster and just letting go of that debt. Oh my gosh. I it literally, I literally felt like we paid off our debt and then went into our account and it was just like the keys to the world. <laughs> <laughs> It is. But it was, Aaron, it was you were Aaron, you were like Braveheart. Freedom <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean that's just the biggest like it, you know, if you're describing the feeling, that was it. I mean Braveheart on the horse yelling freedom, like just that's just that, that was the beauty of paying off all that debt because you yeah. do like I can travel for so much longer now mm-hmm. and not go back into that. And well, and a side note, the first trip that we took long-term uh, through Southeast Asia was amazing, but we had saved for it, but we also did have credit card debt and it felt heavy for mm-hmm. us and yeah. we had to keep making these payments and we ended up coming home sooner than we ever would have wanted because we needed to get now paid on these credit cards. And it just, it was this overwhelming feeling all the time of just like, you know, so it really, if you can take, even if it's going to take a couple of years, take a couple of years, pay off your debt, start planning for, you know, a longer trip and get excited about it, but take the time to get yourself in a good financial place so you can really enjoy it. But that's also a really good why to pay off. Yes. If you don't Mm -hmm. have a way to pay off your debt, like that gets you excited. Every payment gets you one step closer to being able to have that freedom to travel and go experience all, you know, everything. hundred percent. I love yeah, it. For a lot of the, like the younger, the younger listeners that are, you know, starting off their, their travel journey in healthcare travel and beyond, like really take this information to heart, whittle down your debts now. Cause there's so many of us in healthcare that have a lot of school loan debt. And then because of that school loan debt, we end up accumulating a lot of other debt. And it's mm-hmm. very easy to just start, charging things to a card to have some of these experiences or purchasing some of these things because we feel like we deserve it now. But just think about what the ramifications of that is, of those choices are compared to the freedom that you'll have a couple of years from now. So take all this, you're getting paid so much more money as a healthcare traveler, take that money and put it to your advantage to set you up for a lot more happiness, a lot more freedom going forward. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Amen, brother. I mean, is this like a podcast Amen, or church? Amazing. <laughs> I want to see you at the top of Kilimanjaro. I want to see you on the bottom of the ocean, wherever you want to go. It's North Pole, South Pole. You have the ability. I in love your it. hands to make those changes. You can start today. You can start tomorrow. It's never too late to start, but you have to start. Yep. Yeah. I love that. So one, one big thing that I wanted to hit from you, um, it, it's a question that, you know, one that – I've always said in changing the direction of this podcast and really going towards, you know, seeking long-term travel and the way that it just, it changed our lives completely. I mean, the turning points that we can really get back to was the time we took off work and the time we took to travel longer term, not like Kim said, you know, going to Hawaii for two weeks, um, but really just experiencing the world, the cultures, meeting new people. Um, And we've changed our, basically not really a tagline, but it's something that we're going through. Um, and it's like the gap travel motto is, um, seeking inspiration through travel, through long-term travel. And so just asking you, like from all of your trips, um, was there one or two maybe takeaways that you left? Um, and then you came home with a totally different outlook or respect or perspective or inspiration. Yeah. You know, um, I think one of the one of the bigger ones is is having a lot of time for deep introspection. I've always been a very introspective person, very big into you know self improvement and self actualization. But not having to work and having so much more free time to explore the world and 
you get to explore really yourself. And, you know, you're, you're a world or a universe in and of itself. And I had so much more time to really think deeply about what's, what's important to me. What do I want to see in my future? And family has been one of the most important things to me always. My, my family and then me wanting to have a family in the future. And so the problem sometimes that we can run into as healthcare travelers, I mean, you guys are married, so you guys are already got a leg up on this, but for a lot of healthcare travelers or just travelers in gener- general, is that this wanderlust of what's the next big thing. And I had my foot in both of those doors for a long time where I wanted to find love, was really wanting to lay down roots and have a family and like always have been family oriented, but I also had my one foot out the door all the time because I always wanted the next big adventure. And so I thought about that a lot. And that's something that came up, came away with this, all this travel is that I really am ready for love. I'm ready for family. I'm ready for that to be part of my lifestyle. And I need to make, start making decisions and, and changes that would lend itself to finding the right person. Because if you're always moving someplace new and then like, oh, I'm going to be leaving in three or four months, halfway through that contract, you're already thinking about where you're going next. Yeah. How much credence are you giving to the people you're meeting along the way? Yeah. You may think that you are, but really subconsciously you may not be. And so I had to, I, I came away with like how, mo- how important love is to me, how lovable I am and how much love I have to give to people. But I wanted to find someone to give that love to. And thankfully, I found a wonderful person to share that with. And hopefully, you know, we have kids one day and I can share that with them, too. Aww, oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know, I'm a softie on the inside. Don't let, don't let the, uh, the crazy exterior fool you. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's the, best, it's the best of both worlds with you, man. That's what I love. Yeah. And brains. That's and right. hearts. And hearts. Yeah, and soul. Um, okay, this is, like... I guess this is probably the last question, Um, but this might be the hardest question because you've gone, I mean, seven continents, you have done so many cool things, had so many adventures, met incredible people, seen the world. If you had one just like really cool experience that just stands out as like, that was something that really touched my soul. It's in my heart so I can feel it. It's one of my best memories. The coolest thing like you've done while traveling. What traveling the world? What would it be? I know that's everyone's favorite question. Like it's you ridiculous. said, it's the hardest one to answer. Because I, I, mean, I can list off so many amazing places, and uh, I think what I'll I know because I know time is short. I think what I'll do is I'll just I'll just I'll just say the word volcanoes, and I've <laughs> grown to really love, <laughs> love volcanoes, and I've been to a lot of volcanoes in the world, and, I, and I'll do. Some, sometimes what may appear like some questionable things to see volcanoes. There was, um, there's a volcano, beautiful, cone, perfect cone-shaped volcano in the Philippines called Mount Mayon. And it erupted while I was in the Philippines a year and a half ago. Wow. And I got on the first flight, once they opened up the airport to that part of the country, I got on the first flight to go see that volcano while the lava was flowing out of it. Oh, oh my God. Like that. crazy. I am, I'm crazy. And then there's also, there's a, there's a volcano in Ethiopia called Ertha Ale, where it's one of the few volcanoes in the world where you can literally like hike up to and look down into the volcano and see the lava splashing against the wall. And oh it's probably God. one of the most dangerous of the many dangerous things I've done in my travels. It's probably one of the more dangerous things I've done because there is no guardrail. There's, you're looking down oh and they tell you when you get there, it's like, okay, so if, if, if any lava kind of splashes too high up, you need to look up in the sky and kind of see where it's going to land and try to sidestep out of the way. What the <laughs> But I, the videos are so cool. Like you see the lava splashing. It's, it's, it's incredible. So, yeah, I, I love volcanoes. I, I love mountains, but I really love volcanoes. Well, let me, let me just, what is it about the volcanoes you love? Is it just the, the majesticness of them? The yeah, yeah. Of them? I love volcanoes, and I, I think the... The landscapes that volcanoes, like the, they, volcanoes become their own like geological ecosystem. They, they, they transform the landscapes in these places. So the landscape is going to be so unique when you go to a place that has volcanoes. Now, if they're very active volcanoes, it's going to be much more desolate, hot, and not a lot of vegetation. You go to a place where there's volcanoes that are old, have been there a long time, and you have all that beautiful color of all the different vegetation layers. Even Kilimanjaro, that's a, that's a volcano too, you know, a dormant volcano. There's so many different vegetation layers that go to the top of it. And then when you get to the top of something like that, and you look around like this, this thing blew out so much material at some point in time in history 
and it created all of this that you can see around you now and that's really like breathtaking to me wow i love that yeah oh i love volcanoes too we've hiked a couple um we had a couple planned when we go to south america Yes. I don't know about like teetering over one. I'm into that. <laughs> don't put the your head, Come on. <laughs> Where are you gonna go post COVID? Like, do you have something? Well, have you planned? Well, that was the first question he asked. <laughs> yeah, no. Literally clicked on this meeting, and he was like, "Where are we going to next? Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah, what are we gonna do?" You know, so, we're supposed to get. We were like, me, Meg, and I were talking about. Obviously, it's going to be a destination wedding. Wherever we go, it's going to be a destination wedding. So we were planning on doing a destination wedding this fall in Mexico. And again, because of the pandemic, we recently decided to, because we couldn't really plan for it. So we had to scratch that idea and kind of postpone it to next fall. And so we're going to get, we're still going to get married uh, this fall. And then instead of doing an international trip, we're just going to do a honeymoon that's more of a national parks honeymoon that's probably as safe as it can get right now in terms of social distancing so we'll probably do a couple of national parks as our our pre-honeymoon before we do our real honeymoon oh, i love that that's yeah get like a van and do the whole like van oh like, yeah national uh, yeah park. that's happening right now <laughs> she, she's great she i mean she she comes up with such incredible ideas for anything it could be something mundane around the house or it could be something like about something grand she comes up with great ideas for so so much stuff so she's got a lot of great ideas for for travel whether it be during during the pandemic and for actors she's got always has great ideas uh, I, lo- I love that about her she's always got really clever ideas oh my gosh i we have to meet her yeah you know she was going to come to travcon if it wasn't uh, canceled this year and i was going to give the talk that you two gave last year for the meet and greet for the healthcare travelers yeah i was going to be uh presenting that topic at Travcon this year, and she was gonna come along as well. I really would have liked a lot of you to meet her. She's really, you will love, every, every second with her you will be a delight. No. I love it. So yeah, when we actually start our travels around the world, you guys just have to meet us somewhere. Yes. That's it, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, I, I love that the Gap Travel Podcast is the breaking news that Dr. Ollie Jaffrey is <laughs> off the market, people. Off the market. A lot of sad travelers. <laughs> a lot of sad travelers out there. <laughs> it'll be better it will yeah thank you thank you guys thank you i feel like we could just like talk to you for hours and hours i'm like we need to a schedule another podcast to talk about your negotiating tips because i really want to know that or we can just do it off or we could just or we could just do b like (laughs) ali is our new third leg of this podcast (laughs) seriously we need you. <laughs> oh my you know, god! You know I missed you guys. You know you guys are really a couple of the, couple of the best people I've met along the way. I feel like we're kindred souls. Yeah, hundred percent. We are. Well, before we go, let people know where they can follow along on your trips if you want them to. Um, if you want to give out any, um, you know, social media. What have um, you got going on? Yeah, yeah you, you can find me on Instagram as Dr. Ali Jaffrey. Okay, Perfect. and we'll put that in the show notes for you guys to check out. Okay, great. Um, he's got some awesome pictures, awesome photos. You can live through those um, and get some inspiration as well for your own travels. So, Ali, thank you so much. Um, this was an amazing podcast. I'm, I can I'm just, so, like, I know. I'm, like, tingling with, like, excitement <laughs> from just talking to you. Like, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know, but thank you for your time, and we absolutely love speaking to you, and just any, any way that we can get in your presence, uh, we're all over it. So, we appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you guys in person sooner than later. Yep. Love it. All right, my man. All right. Bye. So that wraps up our interview. We told you in the intro that that interview was going to be fire. We hope that you guys took so much away from it. We're so inspired like we were. And if you absolutely love this interview, please, please, please share it out with your friends. Subscribe to the show. Reach out to Ali, let him know how amazing he was, how much of an inspiration he was. And we will be back next week, next Tuesday, with another amazing interview that will hopefully have you feeling the same way. We cannot wait to see you then. 